Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. This week's episode features Nathaniel Swan with a message called Living a Holy Spirit-Filled Life. When Jesus came into the world, he was the He was God's Spirit walking in the flesh. All God's love, grace, mercy, compassion, all of the beauty of God. That's the word grace talks about all of those things. And uh, I mentioned that before. Grace, grace is not just the undeserved kindness of God, which is a theological um, explanation, but it was that whole beauty of God's spirit, uh, his tremendous mercy and compassion and endless love for each of us, that reaches out and touches your heart and causes you to realize that you just need him more than anything else and brings you to that place of repentance. Grace will always lead to repentance. And uh, as God's people, that should be the the thing that... uh, People see, which has been mentioned already, uh, both in song and many ways that um, we should walk in the humility of Christ. Paul often in his scriptures uh, said, I beseech you by uh, the mercies of God or by the uh, meekness and gentleness of Christ and uh, that word beseech means to entreat or plead with. Um, he wasn't um, standing there shaking his finger and saying, you know, you got to do this. He was pleading with them. And um, prophets of old, under the Old Testament, they didn't. Uh, they rebuked the people. They did other kind of strange things. Uh, Isaiah walked for three years completely naked through Israel. Um, uh, Zechariah wasn't, uh, God told him he, his wife died. God told him, you can't mourn your wife. You can't make, you, you just got to go on like it. And so when they did those things, people came and said, well, what's God trying to say? What is this? Um, when Jesus was with the disciples, he said, what uh, do the people, who do the people say I am? And of course, the people uh, said, well, he's, he's Isaiah or maybe another old prophet that's, uh, that's come back because he did those kinds of things. He cleaned the temple out with cords and uh, with a, a scourge of cords and nobody at that time struck him strung him up or or killed him <laughs> because he was doing uh, the the prophetic thing he would he would he rebuked uh, 
the scribes and the Pharisees and Sadducees and the lawyers just as John the Baptist had, uh, who was also a prophet, considered to be a prophet. He was grace, but he wasn't living under grace. He was ministering to Israel under the law and speaking to them and telling them in all of his teachings to them. And, and we know that it says there he didn't speak his own words or do his own works. He was the voice of God. And uh, those things that he did when he cleaned that temple out, that was God. My house will be a house of prayer unto all nations. And, uh, <clears throat> and then those men who had walked with Jesus, who had experienced the, the outward flow of the Holy Spirit, uh, the spirit that was with them became and was in them. And they were changed. But also what changed is prophecy. And the teachings as Paul has in says that prophecy was no longer a rebuke of the people. Uh, but it was to edify, to exhort, to edify and to comfort. And the word that we've been giving is to um, lift up build up and comfort. That's what those words mean. Exhort means to come alongside and lift up. Edify means to build up. Comfort means comfort. And uh, I'll, I'll say this, and, and I, this is in no way uh, uh, hopefully a deterrent to prophecy. I love, I love the prophecies that came today. I love prophecy. And it says in, in that same uh, discourse in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, Paul says that um, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So if you feel a prophecy and it's not going to lift up, build up, or comfort, then be careful that it's not you speaking, not your spirit that's upset about something speaking, but it's, it's the spirit of the Lord. Because God has a lot to say um, if you read about prophets who say they're prophesying in the name of the Lord, but aren't. Well, you don't have to worry about that if what you are going to minister is lifting up, building up, and comforting, then you don't have to worry about that. Don't, don't be overcautious about that. Let, let the spirit of the Lord flow. But if you feel... Uh, some spirit of rebuke in that, then maybe um, hold that back or think about it or do something. So today, um, the, some of the things I'm going to speak about, um, maybe because they're not, uh, or to some won't be lifting up, building up, and comforting, I'll say that these are thoughts to think about. <laughs> There'll be scripture, so you can... And I, um, I think we need that. We need to think about things. You may not agree with what I say, and that's, that's fine. Um, 
I don't think unity is, is everyone agreeing together. Unity is accepting that uh, people maybe have a different uh, point of view. I had a very, and I've been thinking about this, and then I had a very interesting conversation with my uh, brother-in-law, Rod, last night. And he was telling me some of the experiences that he had with different people from uh, different cultures. And, uh, and how him, uh, they were talking and he was listening and he was thinking, how, how could that person think that? You know, how, how, how would they think that's reasonable? But it was because that's the way they were raised. And we all come from uh, different uh, culture families, because each family also has a culture. There is a culture that we live in, but also each family has their own culture. And so what's right for you and right for the way you were raised might not be uh, right for someone else. I'm not talking about basic things, uh, the basic uh, right and wrong as the scripture lays it out. I'm talking about uh, how people interpret things. Interpretations aren't always the same. So, um, I would I would just like to refer to uh, some scriptures, and um, a lot of these are are we know quite well. So I I'd like you to turn to uh, Ephesians four, and before I start out and and. Uh, Just um, as we um, think about these things, um, see what what will the Lord bring into our hearts. Um, we can all speak words, but what um, God is looking for is for the anointing to speak. And so here it says, I've, I've maybe referred to this, uh, uh, Paul here is talking about putting off the old man. And a lot of the old man has to do with the culture that we've been raised in, in our families, and, and all of those things. Um, we had some prophecy when we met together as brethren, and one of the first prophecies was uh, to... Um, Humble yourself and clear your mind. Let everything fall away so that God can put his, uh, and the reason for that is so God can put his thoughts in in your heart and in your mind rather than let you continue on your own way. Um, The other thing um, that I'd just like to mention, I am going to get to the scripture, (laughs) is that... um, you know, Paul did a lot of teaching, but at the end of each book, you, you, when he gives a greeting and talks about who wrote it, it, it wasn't just Paul. There was a whole group of men in ministry that were agreeing because this had been copied out. That this, was, this wasn't just Paul, this was truth that was being shared with that particular church. And, and uh, so it wasn't just some guy saying, oh, uh, God told me this, I better go and do this, and I, I'm, you know, or, or saying to the other 
brethren they were with, oh, uh, uh, God's put it on my heart to do this, so I'm just going to go do it. And that happens a lot in Christianity. But there were, there were men that were agreeing together. And Paul, though he was uh, one of the great apostles as far as, as writing and teaching and having the anointing of God upon him, was in uh, plurality with all of these other brethren that were traveling with him. And then it, it says a couple of places, well, I'm going to wait here till you come to me and, and bring the cloak and the, and the scriptures and things like that. He didn't just get out there on his own. He worked together because he knew that there was a necessity of uh, being together as brethren. That's why it says in, in the Acts that uh, <clears throat> there was all these men that were teachers and prophets and they were gifted, anointed men. And they were in fasting and prayer and God said by the anointing, separate me, separate me Paul and Barnabas. And did they just like, well, we'll catch the next greyhound and go here and start doing this? No. They again, went into prayer and fasting to find out what to do. And the Holy Spirit said, go here. And we see that when Paul, even when Paul and his group thought that they would go somewhere, the Holy Spirit said to them, no, don't go there. Well, that doesn't happen unless you're waiting on the Holy Ghost. Unless your plans are, are not all finalized, but you're waiting for the anointing of the Lord to give you indication. And then later in a dream, uh, God told him where to go and what to do. And uh, that's the true pattern of what the Lord wants us to do. So uh, maybe you'll see a little bit of that this week. We're talking about that, about as we feel the anointing leaning in a direction, maybe some of us brethren will kind of uh, get in a little huddle and see what should happen next. And don't think that's disorganization. <laughs> We're looking for confirmation, you know. And so uh, if that happens... Uh, then uh, just understand we're really uh, looking to the Lord to lead us and to guide us in these things by his Holy Spirit. Um, I'm going to read this kind of an odd uh, scripture after I read this Ephesians. Ephesians 4.29 is where I was going to read from. Um, There's a lot here about the old man and the new man, but for the sake of, of time, I'm just going to Um, Read verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now, uh, there's no qualification there. In fact, in all of the teachings about how we should behave, there's no qualification to say, well, if you don't think they're... they're, uh, they're on, on the track. If you don't think they're in line, then, well, you can say a little bit to them that's, that's not along this line. No, it says, 
Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is to the use of edifying. In other words, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. It may minister that beauty of God's nature unto those that hear. So, as the scripture often puts things, what it's saying is, what comes out of your mouth uh, should be edifying and minister God's grace. If it isn't, it's corrupt. It's corrupted. It's not the pure essence of God's Holy Spirit and grace speaking. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, because if you're doing that, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from all malice. And be ye kind one to another. It doesn't say, well, if, if they're walking properly or speaking properly. or if they're, if they're your brother, be kind to them. Tender-hearted, forgiving well, what does that tell you? Well, if the Lord is saying you're to be tender-hearted and forgiving, there's going to be things to forgive, right? <laughs> That's human nature. Um, I look back on how, how my marriage has gone, and I think sometimes I shake my head. How, how could I do that? <laughs> or not do it, or, or think that, or say that, you know? Those things can't be taken back, but you can apologize. (laughs) Sometimes that's hard. (laughs) Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forsaken you. So, um, there's there's lots of scripture that say that same thing. Colossians says the same thing. How we're supposed to minister to each other. How we're supposed to be with each other. Um... Here's, here's, uh, here's just a scripture out of John, chapter 11. It's kind of an odd little scripture. But, um, like I said, these are thoughts that I've had. That's, they're speaking to me. And um, this is Jesus when he, he was going to uh, go visit Lazarus. And... Uh, So he said unto his disciples, let's, let's go unto Judea again. And this is in uh, verse 8. Uh, John chapter 11, verse 8. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Now, it's important to see how that Jesus interacts with his disciples. And to know that these are not men filled with the Holy Spirit. These are men who are witnessing the Holy Spirit moving on Christ and, and the Holy Spirit is moving on them, but it's not in them. And this is the Son of God, the Messiah. And they confess that because that's what they said when, when Jesus asked them who, who the people say. Well, they, they said, well, a prophet, one of the resurrected great prophets or something. And Jesus said, who do you say I am? And Peter said, Christ, the Son of God. This is the Messiah. So, 
This is the Messiah saying, this is Christ, the son of God saying, let's go unto Judea. They didn't just all fall in line and and go there. They had an open relationship with him. They could talk to him. And his disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? And what did Jesus say? Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. And you know, you You'd say, well, they're going to stone you if you go there. And then he says that, and you go, like, what's that? What's he saying, right? These are not people filled with the Holy Spirit. But he's saying, are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not. Why? Because he seeth the light of this world. Who's the light? Yeah, they were walking with the light of the world. And he was saying, you know, um, I know, guys, what your fears are. And he says that to us all the time by spirit. I know what your fears are. But I'm the light of the world. And he would go on to say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, when he was there. And... uh, Even after all of that, what did Thomas say unto his fellow disciples? Verse 16. Oh, let us go also that we can die with them. Yeah, okay. Let's just all go and die together. <laughs> and we know that Thomas had a few, had a few problems understanding things. So. Well, you know, he was really just like us. Sometimes we do too. But God has, uh, has called us to a way and a place. And now I'm going to relate uh, just a couple stories to you. And you, some, you might not think they're very encouraging stories. But they're, they're, they're for a reason. Uh, I want you to, to think about these things and meditate on them. So my first story... And these, are, these, are, these are, aren't just stories. These are true things that happened. I'm 21 years old. I've just been saved. And I come to an assembly. And there's a man there that's just a wonderful man. He's doing everything he can for the young people. And so I, I talk to him and I mention how happy I am that he's, he's doing so much. And he said... Um, I was a young man. I, I grew up in this church. I'm a young man. Uh, my wife left me and left me with a little boy. And I would come to church every Sunday with my little boy. And church would go on after church. Nobody invited me out, nobody asked me to come to their home with them Sunday after Sunday and these were not the days when everybody could afford to just go out for a restaurant to eat but 
a lot of times you'd, you'd go and someone would take you to their home and give you something to eat. Sometimes you'd go out, but... And he said, uh, that just went on. Nobody's ever invited me out until, you know, I... <clears throat> he... Uh, found somebody else and, and went on with his life. But he stayed in the church. But you know, his son didn't. A little boy that came every Sunday. So, uh, that's one story. Here's the other story is just as uplifting. <laughs> um, my daughter Rachel is disabled, and she used to come with us to camps. Um, she doesn't uh, feel that she she feels quite alone. She doesn't get a lot of attention. Some of that's because people don't know how to to respond to her, react with her. But uh, we had um, uh, she was having lots of trouble, and all of a sudden, this girl who was uh, on a bus just uh, well, I'll tell you the whole story. They they went to the uh, to the safari park, you know, the park that's full of lions and everything, and you drive in there with your bus and see all these wild animals. And Rachel flipped off, uh, got off the bus, and sat in the middle of the road. And nobody knew what to do. None of the teachers or anything. And this other girl got off the bus and sat down the road with her. <laughs> and in about two minutes, had her back on the bus. And she was like a year older than Rachel. And we thought, wow, that's amazing. So uh, we, we hired this girl. We had some money uh, from Respite to hire this girl to work with her. Uh, we didn't know very much about her, other than that's what she did. And she was a Christian girl. She was really trying to love the Lord with all her heart. And we thought, well, we'll take her to a camp with us. So we took her to a camp with us. Uh, what we didn't know is that she had been sexually abused when she was little. She's a very vulnerable person. And uh, she went to the camp. And one of our church boys uh, victimized her, took advantage of her. And then kind of spread it around. And uh, so all the girls that heard about it that are, were in the church shunned her. And so she was just heartbroken. She came home with us, and that was it. So the person that maybe could have become part of us, we were hoping, ended up uh, just not continuing on. And um, <clears throat> and I'm not saying that in condemnation of those particular people because that is generally what can happen is, is that uh, in both of those cases, those people were, were judged by their behavior or by their failings or whatever happened. 
So um, I'll just go back to 1 Corinthians. It's been read already. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And again, I, I want to uh, talk about this, and, and uh, you may not agree with me, but if the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart about this, then um, there's some things for us to do. There's some things for us to look at. You know, um, Israel was established, and it says specifically, sanctified and set apart unto God. They were given God's laws. They were established on the, the values, not, not established by themselves, but by God himself. Every part of their life was directed by God. All of their worship, but even their, their daily living and their celebration of, of Christian or godly days and, and things. And yet they took the Son of God and killed him. The Messiah. That God had sent unto them. Because the Son of God came and, and they were in the midst of trying to, to draw Israel back onto the foundation of God's law. To bring them out of their apostasy and out of their, their uh, ways of living that were, were contrary, were to the nation, more around the nations among them, and, and to establish them back on the laws of God. And Jesus came, and he said, it's not about the letter. It's about the spirit. And they thought, look at this guy undermining everything that we're trying to do here that's godly. How can we get rid of him? And because they were looking at the spirit, they didn't apprehend the spirit of God that was on him. Partially. That's not completely true. Because it says that many of those scribes and the Pharisees, many of those of the Sanhedrin, believed him, believed on him, but wouldn't acknowledge him because they would lose position and power. That's what it was all about. So, we have uh, decisions in our lives to make, especially nowadays, with all of these things going around about us, um, is God in control? Yes. God's in control. Why is he allowing all of these things to go on? Um, because just as Israel was drawn to decision, to the fork in the road, and in three years, those leaders of God's people became the enemies of God. And crucified the Son of God. The earth, the whole earth, is being drawn to a place where they will choose to either walk by the Spirit of God or walk by the ways of man. That's not worldliness. I'm talking about Christians. 
who, and all of these things are open to interpretation. Again, as as uh, depending on where you're coming from, and I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll read this in in chapter eleven. So here's Paul dealing with these Gentiles who are, you know, the Gentiles of those days had no restraints at all. I mean, they had no restraints in every asset of their life. It was all about me. And, and uh, so when they were celebrating uh, God's, na- uh, God's Holy Supper, um, it was all about, like, grab a handful don't worry about the guy next to you or behind you. You, you, you take, take what you want. And so uh, he said in verse 19 of chapter 11, For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Well, that kind of says what God is doing, doesn't it? God is going to find out who's real and who isn't real. That's what he's doing in this age. When ye come together, therefore, to one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, every one taketh before another his own supper. And every one is hungry, and another is drunken. What? Have ye not houses to eat and drink in? Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say unto you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. So he said, you're coming together uh, to eat the Lord's Supper, but... You're not celebrating the Lord's Supper in what you're doing. That's not the way to do it. For I have received of the Lord what I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night and the who was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do in remembrance of me after the same manner also. He took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Now, that, that word noun, damn, damnation, is actually just judgment. It's the same uh, as the verbs that are further down when it talks about uh, being judged. So, um, you're eating and drinking judge, uh, judgment to yourself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So, um, if you look at this, he's not saying that uh, it will happen. That if you eat and drink unworthily, You're eating and drinking judgment to yourself, not discerning the Lord's body. He's saying, that's happening already now. You're under the chastening of God. 
For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep, because right now, right here, you're not discerning the Lord's body. And you're eating and drinking unworthily. So, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. We're under the chastening of the Lord. Because we're not discerning the Lord's body. Those stories I talked to you about were not discerning the Lord's body. They were judging the Lord's body. And as these many scriptures that talk about how we should treat each other and how we should speak to each other and how we should encourage each other and how we should forgive each other and how we should forbear each other are not happening. Because it's all about us and what we think and what our opinion is or all about others that think the same we do, same way we do. We're not seeing the light. These brethren that were with Jesus had no idea that the very Son of God was going to go and call forth a man from the grave and bring him to life. Would you weep if you were amongst people that couldn't see that? I don't think Jesus wept because Lazarus was dead. He wept because he was away in the truth and the life and they couldn't see it. I think that there's a God that is longing to minister by his spirit through each of us to minister his grace and his blessing and his reconciliation. And we have no idea the power of what God can do through a people that are humble and have yielded their lives to him to let him do the judgment. In, in the Romans, where he's talking um, to the church at Rome, here is... Uh, Paul again speaking. He's talking here about the way they're treating each other. What is, what is he talking about here in Romans chapter 14? He's talking about what one believes and what's another believing. And I talked about that, you know. Depending on where we come from and how we were raised in our family, we have different ideas not about the basic tenets of what's right and wrong, but all of these frivolous other things that aren't truth, that aren't established as right and wrong, but how we do things and how we appear and the 
Christian facade or what's real. So some believe he can, they can eat all things. Others who are weak are vegans. <laughs> they only eat herbs. Let him that eateth despise not him that eateth, despise him that eateth not. Let him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. Every one of us is here today through the grace of God. And we stand every day in the grace of God. Not because of what we've earned. We are no different from Israel. In 1948, God set us aside and gave us some tremendous things. To be lived in the Spirit, by the Spirit, not of the letter. And that's what Paul said when he talked in 2 Corinthians, Ye are our epistles, written in our hearts, known and read of all men, who hath also made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, you're not a minister of the letter. You're not a minister of, of tenets and of how to live and how to do this and how to do that as a Christian. You're the minister of the Spirit Amen. and the minister of reconciliation. And you have to have an anointing and a spirit that is approachable well that's like I said I'll, I'll read <clears throat> I'll follow Andy's advice I'll say this is the last one I'm, I'm going to read and then it will be <laughs> he said nothing worse than a guy that says it's the last one then he reads another one because he disappoints everybody Uh, this is James 3.13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation. And that's not just talking about, that's old English. About out of everything that you converse out of your, your mouth, out of your spirit, out of the, what you have about you. His works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have better envy and strife in your hearts, glory not, lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. The anointing changes that, but there has to be a vision and a willingness in your heart to follow that anointing and to not stand on what you think. Wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. 
And the fruit of righteousness is shown in peace of them that make peace. Speaks a lot about peace. Jesus spoke a lot about peace. And all of the apostles in the scriptures speak a lot about peace. And loving peace. And sowing peace. And you don't sow it by debate. I'll I'll just mention one more thing. That... um, Someone was talking to me about their ministry and saying that he didn't understand why people were having difficulty with his ministry. Um, We've heard people talk about the fact that when you get a job, be careful what your media is portraying because your prospective employer will look on your media post to see what you're portraying and if they want to hire someone that is portraying that and this young man is his his page is it's debative he he loves debate but it's also can be very sarcastic and and very hard and what happens then is people in the church you can you can stand and minister and say something, and, and you know, people take things that you say different ways, depending on how they filter it, how they, they see it, right? I remember many, many times reading the summary of what I said at camp, and I, I went, well, that isn't anywhere near what I meant to say, did I? What did I do? Because that's what the person heard. Each one of you here will hear different things. From every, every day, from what is said, and as you sit in the dining hall and people are talking, you will hear different things than the person maybe even sitting next to you. Well, if your if you're, uh, media, social media persona is harsh and leaning in one direction, then it doesn't matter what you say, that people that hear that will filter it through what you're your page portrays you as. And, and that's true about when we're sitting. You know, they, you've heard the term curb appeal? That in the first few minutes of coming to look at your house, they've already made up their mind about how your house appears? Well, if you're sitting in the dining hall and you're running off about something or ranting or people are making their mind up about what you are like. Maybe it's not very good. And maybe if you think the same as them, you're, you're great. <laughs> but, <clears throat> but Paul has some things to say, which I just read about, about what your persona should be. Forgiving, peace-loving, easy to be entreated, merciful, gentle. James says, and Paul says, forgiving, forbearing one another in love. There's only one pattern. That's the pattern of Jesus Christ. That's the spirit we've been given. Such a precious gift that if we will yield ourselves, our own ideas, 
and just submit ourselves to the spirit of Christ and to the vision of who Christ was and how he met every situation and how he dealt with things. Uh, In grace, not as the prophet of the Old Testament, which he also was, but let's just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we are so privileged, Lord. We recognize that you did something special with us, but that, uh, Lord, we're just a small part of what is happening throughout the whole earth, that you're moving by your Holy Spirit throughout the earth, and we ask you to move in us, Lord. Cleanse us, uh, humble us, make us um, that... uh, living sacrifice unto you that speaks everything of sacrifice it speaks of something just laying there no no opinions no purpose no no agenda but to be sacrificed have you move through them lord and that's just our reasonable service because of what christ has done for us in bringing us from death into life We pray this week especially, but uh, for all of us, that we will, uh, Lord, have that anointing directing us, that we will um, be open to have you speak to us when we're heading the wrong direction and show us directions that we haven't thought of. That you will correct us, Lord. We don't want to have weak and sickly among us and those that sleep we want to have all the fullness that you want to live through your people lord life that when we minister not by the letter but by your spirit that there will be signs following that the sick will be raised up that uh, lord your people will stand in your in your strength and glory. We pray that you'll bless us all this week, that as we ponder these things, Lord, you will touch our hearts and minds where where you'd like us to harmonize with you. We just pray your blessing upon each one. We know that there are many that are, are looking for a healing touch, that are looking for help with their anxieties and even financial struggles, family struggles, many, many areas, Lord. And we pray that as we pray for them, as we hold each other up, as we take all of our concerns to you in prayer, you will move through your people and meet every need this week, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.